Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. Welcome to the divisional round episode of the Fields Fantasy Podcast with TH Fantasy Football. Pestle, Ed and Tom, the full holy trinity, are with you this week. Did we enjoy last week's wild card weekend? Sorry, super wild card weekend, gents. Yeah, some great games, weren't they? Fantastic for me, obviously, as a Packers fan. Very good for yourself. Uh, yeah, Ravens had no injuries, uh, which is <laughs> very good. That's, that's what a buy will do for you. Um, have a quick look at the other... Um, can you... Where's... Where's... Was Bengals? Can you see the Bengals? Can you see the Bengals? Bengals. No, can't see the Bengals. Are the Bengals not in the playoffs? I can't wait till the Texans beat you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I can't wait till the Texans. I'm not playing, Edward. I know we've discussed how athletic I am, but I'm not playing. They will not beat me. Or the mighty Ravens. Anyway, welcome into our show. It would not be one of our shows recently without us opening with a plug for. The Sports Podcast Awards. There's only one week left for you to vote. I see ourselves as influential men in the world of fantasy football, gentlemen. So <laughs> I thought I'd try to find an influential man for us to quote this week. So I believe this is verbatim from uh, Winston Churchill himself. But never in the field of sports podcasting have so many votes been needed by so few listeners. So if you could all get every single device you have in your area, take your children's phones and tablets off them, take your partners and spouses' phones and tablets off them, please go and vote for us because we are up against some fierce competition with many thousands of listeners across the world. And we know we've got many tens. Well, we're up against professionals, aren't we? Professionals, yeah. We're up against paid professionals. Do you not get paid? No. Dowie told us to keep that one quiet, Ed. <laughs> Yeah, so we are up against some fierce competition. So please, if you haven't had the opportunity to do so yet, please go and vote. Please think, but they're obviously going to walk it. They are absolutely outstanding podcasters. Do not rest on your laurels. Please give us your vote so we can hold our own against that fierce competition, as we have said. Alongside that, if you do, then head over to Twitter slash X and get involved in our Super Bowl programme competition. A screenshot of your vote will count as one entry into that prize draw to win yourself a free copy of the Super Bowl programme stadium edition holographic cover courtesy of the boys at statesidesports.co.uk and those two things aren't even our biggest piece of news gentlemen because last week was the launch day for th fancy football best ball bonanza 2024 in that first weekend we already have 40 entries in almost 300 pounds donated including gift aid it took us six weeks to get there when i look back last year so we're really pleased with that for a first week we understand this is not the time of year for us to be asking you to donate funds to a charity collection, but get yourself signed up anyway. You can always do your donation at a later date. Do you know what? Donate a little bit now. Donate more later. Fine. In fact, donate a little bit every month if you wish. It's entirely up to you. As we say with that, we would love you to get involved. It was an amazing competition last year with 100 entrants. We're hoping to get to 150. If we could double that this year, that would be amazing. And same with all these great charity basketball competitions the JTT Cup, the FFCC, uh, the Orkney Bowl, all of those. If you get involved with it, please donate as much as you are able to do so. Loads of really great causes. Ours is all going to the Beast of Memory Cafe. A word from you on that charity, Ed? As I've said, it's, it's a great charity, local charity doing some excellent work. I've seen it at first hand and, you know, every penny will be really appreciated and really well spent. So, yeah, even a, even a small amount would make a huge difference to that charity. Looking ahead to this week then, I mean, as this isn't our usual show, we've not got as much Malcolm this week as we would usually like. We Ooh. didn't think of every possible thing 
we might ever want him to say when we've placed our last order. I'm sure give us a year. We'll have a, a Malcolmism for every eventuality. The playoff picture this week, though, for the divisional rounds, Texans at Ravens, Packers at 49ers, Buccaneers at Lions, Chiefs at Bills. Four great games. I mean, obviously, you get great games this stage of the year, but I'm looking forward to each and every one of those. What about you two? What's your highlight? Well, obviously, watching the Packers, um, I'm not feeling super, super confident. Also, I think, I mean, Bills Chiefs should be a big one, right? Yeah, I mean, on paper, that, that that's the one that, you know, the big the big game, isn't it? I mean, the other ones, I mean, Buccaneers, they should all be close, I think. They're going to be some tight games. I think Texans are high scoring, hopefully. Yeah, that would be nice. a lot of points in that one. We'll talk about those games in a bit more detail in our predictions in the Sunday Night Bet Club towards the end of the show. Saying those teams, though, there's several upsets last week, weren't there? I think really, other than the Bills winning... Each of those could be argued as going against who we thought might win. The Lions, maybe. I thought Lions, Rams, maybe. Lions was a yeah, close. I th- that was that. a touring cost, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I thought the Rams might edge it just on experience, but it's great to see the Lions like victory. They're a team that it's hard to dislike the Lions, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah, Dan Campbell's quite a likable character, isn't he? I think the hard knocks effect maybe helps. Yeah. Did you see um, the stadium chant of lose yourself that went on as well in the crowd during that game? No. Yeah, so Eminem was in attendance. And obviously when the camera went to him, he just gave a little bit of a, a waving to get the crowd going. And then the whole crowd singing Lose Yourself was, was amazing. I can't imagine. I mean, Eminem's used to crowd singing his songs back to him. But in a capacity, in a sports stadium, that must be quite surreal for him, you thought. But that's amazing. Has he, he done a Super Bowl? He's done a Super Bowl show? Yeah, a couple of years ago, didn't he? With Dr. Dre. I mean, one thing I was really glad to see is Joe Flacco was still a Raven. Uh, it was the greatest long con of all time. Get him to the playoffs, send him out. Jordan Love, we spoke about last week. He's looked good this season, but where did that complete Packers performance come from, Tom? I mean, he's just got better. Is he in the same conversation as Stroud? That, that's my question. You know, people, people have gone on and Stroud's been phenomenal. And obviously Love sat and sat behind Rodgers. He's as good as Herbert, right? I'm not a huge Herbert fan. I would say I've Love's never as good been as a Herbert. Huge Herbert. No, fan. I suppose time will tell. And the fact he's sat for two years, Stroud's got that newness and the immediate impact. We've kind of been waiting to see what Love's got for a I while. I suppose technically we? it is Love's rookie season, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, we spoke about him in the off season at drafting. We just said there were there was nowhere near enough stats to make any judgment no. on him, was there? Yeah, it looked good, but everyone can look good potentially with three. You need to see that full season, and he's he's built on that. We spoke earlier in the week the fact that he took a gamble on himself with that contract, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he, he took a short extension, didn't he, for next year just to get himself signed up. And then obviously, hopefully, he'll make the big money now. Actually, I, I mean, our victory really comes back to Aaron Jones finally performing because yep. he was phenomenal he for was, once. And he? he's not been great this year, obviously. Uh, when it makes no relevance to fancy football lineups that <laughs> rostered him, when it <laughs> makes no impact in DFS because no one's taken the gamble on him anymore. He pulls it out. He had the big game. I cannot wait to see Lamar Jackson versus CJ Stroud this week. Stroud is a completely different quarterback to the quarterback we saw in that week one matchup against the Ravens. And the Texans are a very different team from week one, aren't they? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Well, as you don't have a soundbite for the show yourselves, I'm bringing back a feature this week, though, gents, and that is quote of the week. Because I've seen this in a couple of places, and every time I've seen it, I've watched it in its entirety again, and I've giggled at it again. Have you heard Todd Bowles being asked about the weather and his preparations for that for this week's matchup in Detroit? And I would encourage listeners to t- seek out the video so they can watch his facial expressions 
Yeah, the soundbite is good, but yeah, watch the video as well. So have you heard this yet, Tom? No, no, I've not seen this one yet. Get ready for a treat. Coach, you, you. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. That's incredibly polite of him, right? Incredibly <laughs> polite way to answer that question. I mean, I've just paused at the end of the clip, and the look on his face, as Ed said, is absolutely amazing. But I... <laughs> He, he, like you say, he could have been very rude, yeah, couldn't he? Yeah. He's just like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the main chunk of this week's show then. Last week, we had a look back at our fancy awards. We had a look at our heroes and zeros from the season. This week, as promised, we're going to have a look at a few landmark stats from the course of the whole season as well. And this came from, I think it was probably week five, we had a chat about some big scores that we'd had. And we felt that we're getting more big scores this season we've had maybe in recent years. Wasn't that right? That's right, yeah. I think you did a wonderful bit of analysis to suggest that maybe we were having some more big scores than we had. Done. I've done some more. Oh, you love it. I do love some analysis. So what I've looked at then is over the last 10 years, players with the most PPR points in a single game. So I've looked at the top 20. How many of that top 20 have happened in this season? So proportionately, it should be two. The last 10 years? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm guessing... Based on what was happening earlier in the season, I, I vaguely remember some of the stats. I'd guess about six or seven, maybe? I'd go lower. Something like four, something like that. Ed loves a guessing game. Six. Oh, six. Okay. So when we're looking, the top score over the last decade was Tyreek Hill in 2020. Alvin Kamara in second in 2020. That was that Christmas Day six-touchdown mega game, wasn't These are it? single-week scores. Single-week yeah. scores. Jamar Chase in third. Joe Mixon in fourth. And then the one that really stands out to me, I think, did when we looked at it the first time, Will Fuller yes. has the fifth highest <laughs> score over the last decade. But when you look then across the rest of the top 26 of those have been from this season. So looking down the list, we've got Jamar Chase is in there. Amari Cooper obviously is in there. De uh, Devon Achan is in there. Uh, we've also got DJ Moore's Mega Week, Christian McCaffrey. And Mike Evans, Mike Evans has to pop him the Mega Week every now and then, and he did it again there. So looking at the course of the season, there's some big scores happening here, but I've then looked down at some of the individual players, particularly with a focus on the rookies, because this seems to have been a successful rookie season like I've not known in fantasy, certainly in my time involved in it. So I've started with the running backs. Obviously, Devon Achan is up there in the top 20. So Devon Achan's score of 51.3 is the fourth highest PPR score in a single game by a rookie running back ever. Wow. So fourth highest score ever there. He is behind some names I don't recognise. So in 1965, Sayers. In 2012, Martin. In 1997, Dylan. Achan, 2023, and Anderson in 2000. Those names I'm not familiar with, if I'm honest on there. I've then had a look at wide receivers. And, the, I mean, it didn't work out. I couldn't find a wide receiver with a single game score that fit into that bracket. So I've looked across the whole season because I was assuming Nakua must be quite high up in there. All time, we have first 
Randy Moss in 1998. Obviously. Second, 2021, Jamar Chase's rookie season. Obviously. Third, all-time, Puka Nakua 2023. Is that total points? Total points over the whole season. Impressive. So absolutely amazing. And we ha- he had what we felt was, for him, a down period at times during that season as well. And then 1960 and fourth, Groman, not a player I've heard of. And then 2014, Odell Beckham Jr., I wonder how many waiver wire pickups you'd find on those lists as well, you know, because he was, wasn't he, Nakua? It was total waiver wire. Yeah, pickup, really. oh, that'd be interesting, yeah. 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 And obviously, Chase was very much <laughs> yeah, very high in rookie drafts, dog, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go to QBs then. So, the most PPR points in a season by a rookie QB ever. Now, what's interesting about this is the top 10 is entirely rookie quarterbacks from 2000 onwards. In fact, the earliest on there is, let me have a quick look across, 2012 with Andrew Luck. I think that's probably more to do with the way the game is played by quarterbacks. Yeah, rule changes, it it favours them. These aren't all rushing quarterbacks, but the QB sneak being more of it, say big time plays. So that all factors in. So who is the highest scoring rookie quarterback PPR points in a season ever? It's not... Strad. It's not Stroud. No, no, it's not Stroud. Do you want me to give you a year? Yeah. 2011. Sorry, 20, I said 2012 was the last. So 2011 to the oldest player on this list. I'm trying to think who, who, who would fit into that category. He had a great rookie season. Aaron Rodgers. I would get, so I'm no more no. arrogant than Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. Created his own fonts to use on Instagram. You've, you've never played as a quarterback. <laughs> <I've> not, <laughs> not yet. Watson. No, or more arrogant than that. He's Dresses like your nan. Oh, oh Cam, Kirk Cousins. Cam, oh. <laughs> no, no, not Kirk Cousins. Cam, Cam, Newton. Cam Newton. No, Kirk no, Cousins dresses very much like your granddad. He dresses like a traditional old man. So yeah, Cam Newton's top of that. Second, Justin Herbert. Third, Robbie Griffin. 2019 was Kyler Murray. Andrew Luck, 2012. Dak Prescott, 2016. Jameis Winston in 2015. Russell Wilson in 2012, and then ninth on the list, CJ Stroud this season, and then Baker Mayfield rounds out the list at 10th. There's some, some names of consistency on there, some names of flashing a pan on there. So I suppose that at a time where we're all really high on CJ Stroud is your kind of health warning, I guess, isn't it? That don't base it all on that rookie season because a couple of those players did go off the boil. However, headline figure when it comes to rookie fancy performances, most PPR points in a season by a rookie tight end ever. How many are you doing? Five? Or just the top five I've got on here. I would here. have thought some, a lot of them will be from this season. They've got to be at least two from this Laporta's season. Laporta's got to be. Yeah, Laporta. So Sam Laporta yeah. is the highest PPR scoring rookie tight end in history with 239.3. Second, we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, Mike Ditka. 1988, Jackson. I don't know who that is. Uh, 1973, Young, I'm not sure who that is. 2021, the only other player this century on that list. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Pitts, 2021. He had a good rookie season, didn't he? So you have to go a long way down. I think you get to about 21st till you get to Evan Engram on there, something like that. I've only got the top five friends, but I think I'm right on there. So just goes to what we felt was the case, that there were some big, big rookie performances. We know that from those players and the records spoke about all season. But from a fancy point of view, it's been a record-setting season. It really has. Did Pitts really have that good a rookie season? Yeah, he had a solid really? rookie season. You forget. It's totally gone from my yeah, memory. You forget. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't though, spectacular. It was no. sort of a bit solid. Yeah. Like, yeah, but Kyle solid. Pitts did what we expected Kyle Pitts to do. It's what he was drafted yeah. to do. Sam Laporta was, at best, the third highest probably to do that behind Kincaid, behind Mayer, wasn't he? Mm. 
lots of people were high on Laporte, but like we said last week, I don't think anybody was that high in no. it. Um, but look at the names on there. History would dictate he should be in... I say names on there. Carpets is... Uh, <laughs> we'll see next year with no Arthur Smith. But you'd like to think that Sam Laporte will be able to build on that. Should we have a little break, though? Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! As always then, make sure you get those orders in on statesidesports.co.uk for your stadium edition holographic cover. And get yourself over to NFL UK Car Breaks as well to get yourself involved in some sports trading car breaks. Fantastic community over there, run by Liam, Tony and Dylan. Moving on though, shall we look at some next-gen stats, Edward? Right, so I've, I've just had a, I've been, had a great week actually on, on next-gen, <laughs> looking at some great stats on there. As you know, we, we all... You had no Bengals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you had a lot yeah, of time yeah, with yeah, That's very true, that's very true. Uh, so yeah, there's some, some lovely next-gen stats. So some are fancy relevant, some are just interesting. Uh, so uh, I thought I'd share those, we'd have a little chat about them. Thought I'd start off, see if you can guess the following. So... If we're looking at the fastest players, the speed demons, so we're talking on a specific play. Can you, do you think you can name any of the five players who are, who are in the top? Right, okay. I think you can definitely name one. Two. Uh, I think we can do two. Right, okay. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek yeah. Hill is number three in, let me have a look, week five for a 64-yard reception. He hit a top speed of 22.01 miles per hour. Ooh. Is it from this year? Yeah, just from this, this year. This year, single play. So, Achan? Achan, very good. Yep. He's fourth, uh, just behind. Yeah, that was week th- yeah. week three, 67-yard rushing touchdown, oh, 21.93. Yeah. They're all quick, aren't they? Yeah, most of I'm sure, had a speedy, speedy touchdown. He's not in the oh, top five. Is he not? Oh, he must be sick. Yeah. There are two that you will not get. Oh. Uh... Number one, Number one. you've got a chance. It's a bit of a surprise. I thought it would yeah. be Hill or Achan, maybe. Baker Mayfield. No, no, he's not recovering <laughs> at 22 miles an hour. Did CMC even win that? Win one of these? No. No, no CMC. Who else is quick? Aishan was sixth as well, by the way. So he had two. Is there the a defensive six. player on there? No, they're all. Uh, oh, is it all offensive uh, players? What, we've got left two wide receivers and a running back. Hmm. Uh, 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 we could go on forever. <laughs> I'll, yeah. give you, I'll give you another guess. Give us a clue. Number two has had uh, a quite phenomenal season, as I predicted. Uh, you know, in all rookie drafts, he should have been number one pick. Chase Brown. Brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chase Brown second. Um, just for our listeners, uh, Chase Brown is the backup running back at Cincinnati Bengals. Watch out for him next year, definitely. Okay. You, you uh, have to watch out this year. No, no next year. So that's definitely <laughs> should be definitely a next year. round two rookie draft pick. <laughs> um, shut up, Miles Sanders. I hope so, everyone... uh, Chase Brown. I hope everyone <laughs> Holmes enjoying this as much as we are. <laughs> Week 14, 22.05. So he, he was faster than Tyreek. So a couple of wide receivers. A couple of wide receivers left. One you possibly should get. At... Zay Flowers. And no, he's rubbish. No, that was, it's not rubbish. <laughs> Shall I tell you? Yes, please. Yeah, I give up. So number five was Cavonte Turpin. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Oh, my fave. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't yeah. get that. Dick no, Turpin. <laughs> Dick Turpin. <laughs> he's very dandy. That was in a rush, actually. A 22-yard rush. And uh, number one was DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. just, you have yeah. we not get DK? Yeah, He's I literally thought, known I, for sprinting. I thought you should have got He's that. not done a great deal else in the <laughs> no, season, maybe, than that sprint. still. 22.23 miles So now. who was the fastest? DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Just, just slower than my peak speed. Just was slower. It? Just, <laughs> just behind my peak speed. 
What's next? Okay, so um, I'm going to use um, well, it's not an acronym, it's an initialism. Ooh, okay, there's a difference. Right, partridge. Uh, yeah, EPA. <laughs> okay, so one of the one of the measures that they used to, um, on next gen to kind of measure the effectiveness of a quarterback is EPA, which stands for expected points added. Mm. All right. Okay. So there's currently one quarterback who has the top three games by EPA per dropback in the next gen stats era one quarterback so plus 1.32 plus 1.29 and plus 1.13 expected points so how do you get expected like i don't know how okay. it's calculated <laughs> okay but i imagine like if you manage to create a difficult sort so I, of play, I would say like mahomes obviously extends plays i think, a great great ride receiver room for me I, mahomes yeah. that's yeah, so it's like the expected mahomes. goals within uh, yeah Oxford i think that's probably probably football. a similar yeah. sort of thing yeah um, John, this so is number a... five is Jared Goff, number four Ben Roethlisberger, and then the top three are all, for all three games: one from two from twenty nineteen. This is going to get help me help you, and one from this season, week seventeen. Week seventeen. Uh, no. I'm thinking this might be a bit of a homer pick, but I know there's been points that have come that have been out of expectation when you see some of the next gen stats pop up on screen. So I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. I picked this to make you happy, Mark. Thank it you. Is Lamar Jackson, <laughs> yes. I remember seeing in a couple of games where they do like you know, the probability yeah, and stuff yeah, for those yeah, bits yeah. cop up. So I think, yeah, I think it just sums up, you know, we've talked about Lamar, you know, just some of the improbable plays that he pulls yeah. off and, you know, quite, are we thinking almost nailed on for MVP? I, I hope so, because I put a bet on it. Oh, you have, haven't yeah. you? So <laughs> I, I think, think if I remember during that game, though, it was like a couple of the mad ones. Uh, we spoke uh, numerous times, there was a particular play at Wembley a few years ago where Deshaun Watson kind of disappeared under a crowd of players and then popped out and passed the ball. Oh, that and was, Lamar's yeah, had yeah. a couple close out here where you just think, how on earth has he not... I think Aaron Donald at the Rams game where he's one of the quarter, few quarterbacks Donald hasn't sacked. Yeah. And you just saw Donald looking going, like, for Christ's sake. Like, well, just... <laughs> so there was a couple of game plays in that game where just ridiculous pass to Isaiah Likely, wasn't there? Anyway, I could do about how yeah, yeah, the Lamar Jackson Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're talking about, I suppose, above expected. Another stat, which I think is really interesting, looking back at the history of this stat. So, C.D. Lamb, unsurprisingly, leads the league this year in receptions over expected. All right? So, he is plus 18.6 receptions Is that just because he's not expected to catch the ball from that because you're expecting them to be intercepted? Maybe. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, maybe it's part of the quarterback play. That puts him, very high number, the fourth most by any wide receiver in a season since 2018. One wide receiver has got two, had two phenomenal years in terms of overexpected in 2019 and 2018. Who is that wide receiver? Still going. I'm going to go Mike Adams. Evans. Not Evans. Devonta Adams. Not Adams. Still going. Fading force. Plays for the Saints. Oh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Yeah. So he had, in 2019, he was 25.8 receptions above expected. And in 2018, 25.3. And I remember, I remember those seasons because, I mean, 18, 19 was when I was really starting to get into it. And I just remember Thomas being an absolute phenomenon, yeah. making some insane catches. So, that, so, so that's, that's an interesting one. But it, it shows what a great season Lammers had. Right, the last one, let's do, we do a defensive stat. Let's do a defensive stat. Okay. Ravens, they're the best. <laughs> That's the stat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> so, we're talking about averages here. Average times. 
The number one pass rusher, who do you think the number one pass rusher in terms of speed to cross the scrimmage line is? Hutchinson. I can remember seeing no. a stat early in the season. We spoke about Miles Garrett, didn't we, at some point? Oh, in the Miles season? Garrett is number beast, one. I mean, Miles yeah, Garrett is yeah, number course, one. Yeah. And number two, just I'm just going to say it because it's a bang, it's Trey Hendrickson. Oh, Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> yes, <Okay>. Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> then uh, Josh Sweat, Nick Bosa and Bryce Huff. 250 minimum pass rushers, and this is the average. So the average time to cross the line of scrimmage when rushing the passer... What do you think the time is? What do you think it to cross so the scrimmage line? Just like, getting past the scrimmage past line. Past the scrimmage line. It's so got to be reacting. Tiny, like point nine of a second. Well, no, I'm a second. Go, I'm going to go 0.82. 0.66 seconds. I nearly said a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> 0.66. I mean, the top, the top five, I mean, even number five, Bryce Huff, is 0.75 seconds. So, I mean, uh, as a result, he's recorded, the, um, this is Miles Garrett, the second quickest time to pressure. 2.32 seconds. So that's to actually get to the quarterback, is it, I think, yeah, or to pressure. Yeah. But to actually cross the scrimmage line, less than, a, almost half a second, I just think is insane. He's a monster, isn't he, though? He but is it, a killer. It's, it's just reacting. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it would take me a second to go, oh, there we go. It stats like that that I think one one position, and one well, one set of positions, it took me a while to really understand when I started getting to NFL properly was your offensive line. And it starts to like show just how important it is because if you have one and a half seconds to get a pass off, the advantage you've got if that is just two seconds. Yes, it's incredible. It's yeah. phenomenal, isn't it? So yeah, I think it starts like that. The help I think it helps our understanding of the game over the course of the last few years, isn't it? Definitely. And when you know, if your offense is against Miles Garrett in a fantasy game, then you know, have a look at who, who's, <laughs> who's against Miles Garrett because he's a beast. Although he was rubbish against the Texans. He was rubbish he against the Texans. So if you are if you are at a loss at any point over the course of the next few days or when the Super Bowl is done and we're into the off-season, just go down a next-gen stats rabbit hole. It is a fantastic website <laughs> full of lovely statistics and some really nice graphics as well, aren't there? Some of the heat maps and things. Yes, they uh, are lovely. Very yeah. pretty. So if you want to go down a geeky rabbit hole, go to next-gen <laughs> stats. Say, we're not looking very cool here. <laughs> Tom's, the, Tom's the geekiest of us and yeah. he's the only one yeah. raising yeah. this. <laughs> right, our kind of main group discussion we kind of prepped for for today's show then was having a look at some trades waiver pickups, good or bad over the course of this season. So who'd like to go first with a trade or waiver pickup? Either makes them look very good or makes them look very stupid. I'll go with a reactionary waiver pickup. But actually, it's also about hedging bets. And I don't know if you guys do this, but if I've not got any shares of a player, I do like to sometimes, you know, dabble, particularly if, if you've got someone who's, who's, ha who's doing okay or, or they've had a fantastic week, you might dabble them. So I foolishly dropped Brock Purdy and took Will Levis in our money league. <laughs> <laughs> so, How did that work out? Not particularly great. I don't look particularly clever. I won't be getting in a late as a late keeper pick next year. Um, yeah, so that wasn't a particularly great one from my point of view. But I hadn't got any Levis shares. You know, I've not got him anywhere else. He was available on the waiver wire. I thought it was worth a gamble. I think we do a, quite a few leagues, I think it's, it's fair to say. And I do like to have a bit of a... There are some players you end up with loads of, like your top guaranteed money in the bank point scorers like Miles Sanders that I have everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do, I do like to have a bit of variation. I think that's the problem. I've, I've given up checking sleeper as regular as I used to on a Sunday during red zone now, because literally most plays benefit me or penalize me somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah, that was one that that spread of that could have paid off quite nicely. Couldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it certainly. Yeah. I can understand it. 
Who have you got, Ed? Well, I, I wanted your opinion on this one. This is, I did this in, it's one of, I wouldn't say it's one of my most important leagues, but it's a league that I was doing pretty rubbish in. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I was tanking in this league, but I was trying to still play fairly. I wonder if you think I got value for this pick. So I decided, right, I'm tanking. I need to cash in the only assets that I have. So the only assets that I had were CMC, Ooh. Drake London. Okay. okay? Yeah. Uh, lots of backwards and forwards, but in exchange for CMC and Drake London, I ended up with two first-round picks mm -hmm. for this year's uh, draft, a uh, rookie draft. Are they late or early? Uh, one is the fourth overall, and one is later on. I think it comes from... It's actually come by this... By you to this person, oh, and, and I think you did quite well in that league. So it's like sounds it's like, like yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it, yeah. a tenth pick, and then a second round pick for the following year, which obviously uh, don't know what that's going to be uh, worth. And then I got uh, Mims and Rashawn Johnson, just because I thought I need some people just to keep going. This was quite this was about halfway through the season. So do you? Th I mean, what do you think? Like two first round picks for that? Do you think I've? I mean, I look back at it now and I think maybe I should have pushed a bit more, but I don't know. I think. With a couple of games we've seen from Drake London with the change in coaching at Atlanta and how CMC finished, I reckon you could have... I'd have wanted probably a third first instead of that second, maybe. Yeah. Roshan Johnson could could still be a useful pick. Yeah, I'm, I thought that I've was... I've not completely given up on Johnson. Yeah, that was, that was kind of my thinking, that he's definitely got potential. So maybe that swayed me, because I didn't have Johnson on initially, yeah. and I went back and asked for Johnson. So, so yeah, but... Mims was my guy, and he was terrible all year. He, he was, was my yeah, big rookie Mims, pick. I've been waiting, leads, I've been waiting for Mims' breakout. A um, little bit ripped off, I reckon. But, um, but yeah, you can only get that. what people will pay, can't you? That's, well, that's the difficulty, it. you know. I, I was kind of over a barrel in the sense that I need the picks and, and that was the best offer that I got. And until we know who you take with those picks, then you don't know if it's a good trade or not. I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting the next look to it. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping. But I think you know, well, no, because he was drafted in the fourth round. You've got, oh, a first, yeah, got yeah, two yeah. first yeah. and so It's this part that you don't know. We're not going to know how good that was probably for five years. And you, are you actually going to go back and look back? Then you do what you want at that time. And when you've got three picks in the first round because those two in your own one, you'll have won during the draft because you get three nice first round picks and I, it's exciting. I've, I've actually got four first round picks in that league. Oh, and it's to be feared. <laughs> I always draft terribly, to be honest. So I, it's not a guaranteed win. Let's make that clear. I'm going to throw in one of my trades that I made. And this is one where we're saying about value. At the time, this was, I think, really fair value. Now, I think... The person I traded with would have been told they've been absolutely robbed. So I traded away Justin Herbert to you, Edward, for CJ Stroud and a first round pick Ooh. this year. At the time, that seemed fair. We'd not seen that breakout from CJ Stroud. Justin Herbert wasn't injured. Keenan Allen was the number one wide receiver at the point in time. It looked completely fair. And if anything, I thought I might be screwed here at quarterback if he's not going to start picking up. It, it's turned out I got an absolute bargain. Can I, I've got a confession to make and I've never told you this. Have you not? <laughs> no. <laughs> when I accepted that, I thought that I was getting the first round. I, I was very tired. And I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, that, oh that's great. Yeah, I'll take that. It was, it was lunchtime. I don't know. I was, sat, I don't know. I was sat in Cornwall eating a pasta and I thought, hmm, bargain, got that. And it was only a few days later when I looked, I thought, 
oh, no, I don't get the first <laughs> round pick. Oh, no. But the point you're making is fair. But no, you definitely got the... Even at the time, yeah, I, I didn't look at it properly. So learn that lesson, children. I've got another Texans-based one that didn't go so well for me. And this was in a 24-team league. And I was offered, before the start of the season, for a second-round pick that has turned out to be the 40th pick in the draft. So for all intents and purposes, an early fourth yeah. by the kind of currency we're used to using. And I was offered... Nico Collins. Turn that down. He's rubbish. He's not doing anything this season. But they go the ones so with the time, a lot of people. At the time, yeah. I don't think I even thought, I even considered that was a fair fair price to pay. Yeah. Um, where do you want, in fact, I know one of yours coming up, Tom, for a waiver pickup. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go with uh, one of my waiver pickups, then drops, then pickups, then drops. <laughs> and that was in our Keeper League. So I love our Keeper League because of the real long game that you play with it. And there are often players I will pick up with the intent of keeping them the year after for the value. Especially, we've said this before, when you know you're not contending for the championship in a keeper league, it's a good time to just start tooling up for the next year. So I did that last year when I knew I hadn't got a chance of winning the championship. We also have like a uh, consolatory prize for the winner of the consolation bracket, don't we? I was out of the running for anything. So I dropped some key pieces and I picked up both Cam Akers and Kyron Williams because there was an obvious route to a Rams running back having a really good fancy relevant season this season. And my method was right. That was all absolutely good. So I got to the start of the draft and I thought, right, where am I going to go? And I kept for, I think, a round 22, I think is our lowest pick. I kept Cam Akers and I dropped Kyron Williams. And I went back to see at what point he was picked up by him. And I realized that I actually picked him up from free agency in November 2022 because it was chatty, might be as a rookie getting a bit of play. He then didn't do anything that weekend. I think it was a healthy scratch. So I dropped him the following week. I then picked him up a week later and then dropped him August the 24th. So before our draft commenced, he was then picked on September the 12th for $15. So that didn't go very well for me. My method, so my method was right. You just chose the wrong I one. I chose the wrong one completely. And it happens, doesn't it? And do you know what? He would, I mean, he is now for the person who picked up an absolute bargain our keeper league because it will cost the last pick of the draft for potentially a solid running back one for seasons to come. But I don't think you made a mistake because my waiver wire pickup was Kyron Williams and I picked him up same week, so September 13th, you know, and I paid 17 bucks from him yep. as well. So, I don't, you know, you've not made a mistake there. These things happen, don't you? I mean, Akers was phenomenal, wasn't he? he yeah. He, he did look amazing and all of a sudden he's just nothing, isn't he? He's irrelevant. I mean, a lot of the most vocal takes you see in fantasy football are all hindsight informed, aren't they? Uh, and you're right, that was the time I'd imagine. Well, that's why it's one of the biggest wave wire pickups. Everyone had them on the wave wire at that time. Who else wants to talk about? So I'm going to do a trade. I did this trade last summer in a big one league. So that's another 24 team league. I've been tanking myself in that one. You get it right in that league and you've really done well, haven't you? It's a tough league to get trades So hard. Nobody will trade with you. It's a real tough one. So this, I think this, this now makes me look genius, but obviously at the time (laughs) it was a total punt. Um, I took Trey McBride. So obviously at this point he sat behind Zach Ertz. Now I did genuinely think, well, it's Ertz. He's obviously going to get injured and McBride's going (laughs) to come in. He was the rookie top tight end of his class, but had a very quiet opening season. I tried for a few other tight ends. None was biting. So I offered a first round pick, but 118. So not really a first round pick, really mm. a late second round pick. I offered Harrison Bryant, who I'd picked up as a waiver wire. He's an ex-Brown, I think. Yeah, he's Brown. been a couple yeah. of places. 
and a third and a fourth round pick. Now, my third and fourth round picks will have been early, but you're talking yeah. in a 24-team league. So, obviously, I, I think that's a fantastic trade. Yeah. You know, it looks great. Well, well I, a I've, look, right? Yeah. I, I've seen him, yeah, in some in some dynasty rankings as tight end one, yeah. as, as high as that, above, above Laporta. So, yeah, I think that's a great pickup. Anyone else want to discuss for our waiver geniuses or idiocies? I think there was a few to get your teeth into. This is... As well, once your leagues have been transitioned and the draft tour has been set, this is prime dynasty trade season. This is where, if there's a power I really want and they've got high stakes, I tend to wait at this stage, price at a premium. I think the best time to get your, your trades in a dynasty are probably just after the actual NFL draft, when all of a sudden the value of those rookie picks everyone thinks is far higher than actually is, don't they? Yeah. Right, final part and a drop we had recorded for Sunlight Bed Club last year. Divisional round over under. There we go. We had some Malcolm in there to break us up in the end. We're going to be looking at, I mean, we're doing our divisional weekend over under, but we'll go for our actual accumulator as well. So as all three of us are here, should we just go for majority wins when it comes to making our bet? So first up then, the Texans, the best team in Texas, the Houston Texans <laughs> against the mighty Ravens. Texans 4.50 against the Ravens 1.20 favourites. Remember, we always use decimal odds. Um, so if you put a pound on and you bet on the Texans, you get £4.50 back. Who are we going for there, Ravens or Texans? Ed, I'll let you go first on that one. You're not going to like it. I think the Texans are going to win. I think they're kind of like fairy tale, like Bengal story from a couple of years ago. I'm also going to go Texans. So then when the Ravens, so we have... well, when the Ravens win, oh. you won't be upset that you lost the bet. Well, I will, because then one of the other ones will go wrong. It'll all be for naught. I'm going Ravens, obviously. I genuinely don't see a way that we lose that. But I didn't see a way that the Cowboys lost. I didn't see a way that... I could see a way the Browns lost, but I didn't see a way that the Browns got destroyed. So, no, that I think it's going to be a lot closer than I would have guessed it last week. I'm going Packers. <laughs> Packers 49ers. Packers 4.70. 49ers 1.20. What we do need to say with both Ravens and 49ers, we've not seen what the impact of ring rust will be. I'm not playing for some of the stars, not playing for a couple of weeks. I can't see past the 49ers, though, if I'm honest. I'd, like, I'd love the Packers to win. Again, I think there's a good chance of the Packers, you know, momentum, but I do think the 49ers will probably... They, they've, they've really clicked into top gear, yeah. but the ring rust thing is going to be fascinating. I, I, obviously, I will vote Packers, but I, I'm not super confident on that one. <laughs> Now, this game, one that I don't think... I mean, a couple of years ago, I can't imagine anyone thinking this would be a game in the playoffs this stage of the season. Certainly one we'd be excited to watch. Buccaneers, 3.25. At the Lions, 1.33. I think this is tougher to call than the odds would suggest, if I'm honest. Yes, I think Buccaneers have been undersold a bit there. But having said that, I do think the Lions probably have the slightly more... Threatening weapons, so I will go Lions. I mean, if, yes, unless we're trying to boost the odds, I suppose. I, well, you've naively gone Texans, yeah, so, the odds, so are, the odds are boosted, gents. So, yeah, I, I think Lions, like yeah. you say, you know, you've got, I mean, if you can make comparison, Armin Ra is probably better than Yeah, Jamaica yeah. is better than quarterback-wise. Yeah, I think uh, Lions, uh, Jared Goff has got enough to get it done, but he's got those options around him, hasn't he? And Aiden Hutchinson... He's just looking phenomenal. The fairy tale is Baker, though, isn't it? The fairy tale. Is that what we want? We want no, a Baker that Everyone's Super Bowl. a Baker. A disappointing fairy tale. Oh, yeah, yeah, fairy tale. And finally, the one game that I do think possibly, if you had to pick one that could disappoint, I think it could be this one. Chiefs 2.20, the Bills 
Do you think it's going to be low scoring? Is that your worry? I think when we come yeah. to the over under, yeah. I think I'll probably go. Yeah. I just everyone's expecting a similar game to a couple of years ago, yeah. but it obviously the won't Bills be. and Chiefs have both let us down in spots we didn't expect them to this year. If they both did it in the same game, I, I'm going Bills uh, mainly because I want them to win. I don't like Chiefs fans. I'm going Chiefs so you can make the decision. Oh, I think I'm going to go. I think the Bills. I just, I just can't. We've we've said this about Mahomes before. Like he can't do it by himself all the time, but he seems to. But no, I'm going Bills. I think is where Josh I'm Allen has looked phenomenal recently. So our winners then: Texans, 49ers, Lions, and Bills. Gives us odds of 11.9. So we'll stick a couple of quid on that. Our over under though. So we have. The line for Texans-Ravens, 43.5. For me, I think it's a comfortable over based on what we've seen from both offences. Agreed. I mean, the Ravens' defence is different level, isn't yeah. it? So um, that, that's, I think that's why it's low, but I do think it's going to be over. Yeah, let's do it. Over. I think for when I do my own little accumulator bet for Ravens-Texans game, I think that's one where I'm going to move the line on the over-under a little bit to see what I can get out of it. Packers 49ers, line of 50.5. This is this is a very difficult line to call, I so, think. So just to make clear, that's each team scoring 50 points together, yeah? Yeah. The team so scoring 50 points 26, in total. 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are we going to outscore that many points? Yes, yes. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I don't think it is. I'm going to go under. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm going to go for the under there as well. Um, 50 is a high line. It is. 25 points apiece. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, it's going to be something like, so it'd be like 45-5 to 49ers. That's what it's going to be, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Books, Lions, a line of 48.5. This is one. The bookies are very good at this. This is, this is one that, surprisingly. Yeah. But I could see us talking about this next week and going, who'd have thought we could have had a line of 73? It's that sort of game, isn't it, where something come from, from nowhere? Or it could be awful. I don't think I see as Do you not think awful, it's awful? No. Depends but that's the why. Lions have had a couple of <laughs> games. <Yeah. laughs> it is going to be, I think. Lions have had a couple of weeks. Did they not get zero one week? They've had a couple of awful down you weeks. Where, where's that come from? With the anomalies of Baker and Goff, aren't you? Where <laughs> yeah. both of them could just decide not to turn up and make it a rubbish game. So we're going but, under. I don't know. I'm saying it could be awful. My, my instinct is over, but it could be awful. I'm going under. Tom, you get the call. Let's go over. Over. And finally, Chiefs Bills, 45.5. I feel confident on the under here, if I'm honest. I think I'm going to go with oh, you. I, I like don't. 23 12 or yes, something like that. Yes, I don't that. think that's going to be massive so score. We're going worst game of the weekend, yeah? I can Chief see. Bill, yeah, yeah. I, I personally made that point, and I can yeah, see that yeah. possibly. We'll we'll snip back to this next week when it's been an absolute barnstormer, <laughs> as the Americans call it. So we're going over, under, over, under, like a toddler at a soft play party, <laughs> and we have odds of thirteen point zero. So the line for that is always one point nine. So it's a, it should be two point zero. But the book is like they know how to make money, don't they? And they they do it every time. Bless them. We're going in for a thirteen point zero on that. Then so two similar price bets on there. We shall see how we get on. Final thing then, if you do want to get involved in trying to win some cash money, jump on the Fields of Fantasy DFS League on DraftKings. Always nice and competitive. When we've got no other fantasy to keep an eye on, that's always good to get involved with. So head over to our social media platforms. We'll be sharing the link for that. Have we said all the things, gentlemen? I think we've said, 
Yeah, everything we need to say. There's more than enough. More than, more than enough. enough. We have said just around 48 minutes worth of things. We will be back next week with a guest. We have Murph from Five Yard Rush joining us. We just have a general chat about fantasy football in general, I think, and also a bit of a chat about some of the great charity best ballies there. So we're very much looking forward to that. And then the week after that, Sunday Night Bet Club will be back for Super Bowl weekend. And then we think we might take a break for a couple of weeks, don't we, gents? We deserve it. We've got rookies to look at. Yeah, we have oh, some, yeah. some rookies. You're not resting. You're just oh, watching rookie film, mate. We've got okay. tape to watch. <laughs> and by tape, we mean Googling highlight reels on YouTube and watching all the best bits of the rookies and getting overexcited about them. Who will be this year's Zay Flowers? No, no answer. <laughs> you want a name? I want to know. You need to tell us if these questions need answer. I think they're rhetorical. No, they're not rhetorical. But anyway, do you know what, Malcolm? I give up. I'm done, Malcolm. Take me home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.